What's up, fam? I'm your host, Jack Sederman. Joining me today, as always, my co-host and longtime best friend, Abe Granoff. Also joining us is our resident baseball expert, Mr. Benjamin Porter. It is Benjamin, right? It is Benjamin, yes. Is Are there any Bens that aren't Benjamin? Like, do people get named Ben? Probably. Straight up? I you would think? think so. I've met some Benjis. I've never heard of Jack. Benny's, it's not Jackson. But that's that's what made me think. Everyone assumes I'm Jackson, but I'm just Jack. Or I'm John if I were Catholic. Or or, or but I feel like Ben Simmons is not Benjamin Simmons. No, he is. Are you sure? I'm I was pretty think sure so. I saw a video of his mom calling him Benjamin Simmons. Oh no, my ben, yeah, Benjamin David Simmons. What a run of the mill. Jewish? Jewish? Is he Jewish? <laughs> Wait, what are some other Bens? Name some Bens. What about Ben Verlander? Ben Verlander. Mm, gotta be Benjamin, I would assume. It just says Ben. So, but it also wouldn't say like, you know, Benjamin Verlander. On his wiki, you would. Yeah, I don't know if he has a wiki because he's getting oh, shit on the wiki. I have a wiki. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to go Verla- in and edit that. I don't know. Why name I haven't an, done that name another. No, we have, ro- I have robots. Like I pay people to monitor that page, make sure it's kept uh, perfect, pristine. No, no edits. No I'm way. Kidding. Ben Roethlisberger is Benjamin Roethlisberger. That's just a mouthful. Benjamin Roethlisberger. I mean, he likes creating mouthfuls. He is. Benjamin Todd. Listen, as much I would love to talk about nicknames and surnames all day, the World Fucking Series is on in two days. Mm-hmm. Listen like to we're how here for excited. We're, we're here for a reason. We're Listen here for to how excited Abe is right now because I yeah, isn't that crazy? I wanted to bring this up. I think it was the episode before I came on last time. Abe was going on a rant about how baseball is dead. No, no, MLB. I did MLB would never, you know, recover from the lockout. Well, you didn't um, fact check. You didn't fact check. I didn't say well, I, I it watched was dead. Clip. I watched. The clip. I said, it, said it, was it was going dumb. to be dead, and I don't even think I was wrong. I actually said, think. That I was right until the Phillies made the World Series. And now with these ticket prices in Philadelphia, we're stuffing Manfred's pockets. He's good for the next 15, 20 years. All because of the Phillies. You said that Little League, you know, have at it. But you said professional baseball, particularly MLB, is done. (laughs) Well, yeah. And then they were charging five grand a pop to get in the Citizens Bank for this World Series. They were going to go bankrupt, the MLB. People don't know that. And then, then I get a call. Hey, you want to come on the pod to talk World Series? So text, baseball, baseball is, is reigning victorious. So baseball, baseball is, is alive. Baseball My is alive Houston Astros will be playing in the World Series on Friday against Abe's Philadelphia tough Phillies. Yeah, tough look as a playoff Yankee guy. No, I, I'm not on that. I'm actually not an Astros fan. I am just an anti-Phillies guy. That's all. Like, I, I don't even like Yeah, you hope both teams have a terrible time. Yeah, for sure. I hope the series ends in seven. Like, all the only good outcome for me is the most excruciating loss possible. Sweep doesn't do it for me. I am now we've gone so far with the Phillies. Oh, I would much that. rather I would much rather get swept than lose in seven. That's what I mean. That doesn't do it for me. I, I need max pain. I need you to think you're in it till the final pitch and then it's done. But Ben, we brought you in for a reason. You are an unbiased third party that can actually give a little bit of analysis on this World Series. Verlander versus Nola or Wheeler game one. Nola. Nola's on the bump. Ben, that was my first question for you. I'm not a huge fan of this, but I have no reason not to trust trust Topper and his decisions this postseason. Topper being new manager Rob Thompson, the Philadelphia Phillies. To me, sure, you give Wheeler an extra day of rest. He's been amazing with an extra day of rest all year. 
but I'd much rather have Wheeler in a potential game five and seven than I would just going two and six. So I'm more of a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I get Wheeler pitched uh game. What was it? Four or five. I don't know. We watched San Diego, um, but I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. I mean, Wheeler's a horse. The guy has thrown a ton of innings the past two seasons, which is huge in a seven game series. Cause you got to try to preserve the bullpen for as long as possible. So I think, giving him as much rest as you can so he can go full, you know, 100-plus pitches, I think that's huge. Nola's been as good as just about anybody the past That's what I was going to say because Jack told me, I think it was a little over a year ago, maybe a year and a half. No, no, it was like a month ago. It was a month or two ago that we couldn't make any noise because Nola isn't an, a playoff ace. Oh, Blast you're, you're not. You're not right I, I just I, – I said – You just don't watch Phillies baseball. No, 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 this is what I said. I said, when you take the top pitching staffs, they were going to rank dead last, in my opinion, of, of the playoff teams. And going into the playoffs, I still believe that. The Phillies hitting, and the pitching has been just as good, but the Phillies hitting, the bottom half of that order has been the one to separate. But I, enough for me. Ben, answer the NOLA. You said you like that they're giving him the extra day, but give us game one. How important is it? Verlander on the mound. Yeah, it's really important. I mean, like you said, their rotation is ridiculous because the other guys in their rotation aren't as flashy as Verlander, but Framber Valdez is one of the best pitchers in all oh, of baseball. God, what um, Framber Valdez this? What the I fuck? Like, Who names our kid Framber? What do they call him? Framber? Better than Ben. That's a good whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Let's relax here. Um, <laughs> Verlander, I mean, it's unbelievable what he's doing, but he's shown some vulnerability like – Seattle got to him very early. Uh, you've got some, got some awesome, obviously lefty hitters in the Phillies lineup. And uh, Bryce, obviously Schwarber, Stott, even Marsh put one into the you know thirtieth row in Philly. So Justin Verlander has to be very careful. I like Framber better for the matchup. Um, so I think the Phillies can can squeak by the first one, and and I think Nola can shut down that lineup no problem. It's not really a lineup that platoons anybody it's a lot of righties uh, down the stretch kyle tucker and Jordan, obviously the lefties in there um but nolan wheeler i think i think you flip a coin and i don't think it really matters at this point right, can that, you that, give us can you give us some some pros and or strengths and weaknesses of each team in your opinion yeah um i mean the astros are strong everywhere like i said the rotation I think they have the advantage for the game four starter in that they can go, they can go McCullers, you know, they've got Luis Garcia in the, the back end. Um, so I think they have the advantage there. The Phillies advantage is less tangible. It's harder to put on paper. There's always one team that has this weird playoff magic, you know, I thought you knew baseball. I do know baseball. <laughs> so the, what about uh, the fact that the Phillies and he's, just, he's giving he's giving us the, the fact that the, the Astros are better just, across the board. The Phillies are just left-handed monsters, and you can't find a left-handed reliever in the Astros in the Astros rotation lefty, as hard as you look. Specialists are going the way of the dodo because of the three. I don't know what that minimum. means. You can't just you can't just bring a lefty in to face to face Bryce and then have him get out before facing Castellanos or Bohm. Um it's just, it's just not something that teams do anymore. And the Astros are like the most forward analytical team in the world. And so oh, I trust you know, I their like decisions that. to have that. Right. You're, um, a, you're a quant. Uh, but so back to, back to yeah, what I was ahead. saying, going away from the quant stuff, if you look That's at the Nationals, the, Nationals <laughs> the Braves last year, 
there's always a team with this weird voodoo magic going on. Everything starts going it. right for them. And the Phillies have that this year, more so than I, any other I team. said that to Eve when we were talking football. I said, in the NFL every year, you just one team just has it. They just, they, there's the it fan just base. It just so happens to be Philadelphia in both sports this year. <laughs> and he said that about the Eagles. I do agree that the, the Phillies have it right now. The Phillies have done a nice job playing from behind in the postseason. They've come back a multitude of times. Sneakily, so have the Astros. Do you think that they're like can take advantage of the Phillies pen or vice versa? Like Abe was saying, no lefties to match up with the bottom half of their order there. What do you think about the pens? Yeah, I mean, they've got two tremendous bullpens. The Astros were first in a number of metrics in the bullpen. Best ERA all season, best FIP all season, um, top, top three Ks per nine all season. The key is you got to get through – the starters, you got to get into the pen early. If they can get a couple off of Verlander, get them out by the fifth or sixth inning. I know this is easier said than done, obviously, but you got to pile on where you can. You got to make them throw pitches. You can't go in and give Verlander, you know, a six pitch inning in the first and then a eight pitch inning in the second. You got to try to work counts and get into the bullpen as early as you can because it's it's diminishing returns once these relievers get into the game. If you start stacking appearances, they're going to, you know, be more prone to giving up runs later in the game. So that's a key for me. Obviously, the starters are, are awesome for both teams, but whoever can get into the bullpen faster, I think is going to have the advantage. And what do you, how much weight do you put into the fact, like, let's say hell freezes over, right? And the, and the Phillies somehow lose. I am technically allowed to blame the roof potentially being open, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now you're allowed so to do just that. Just want to yeah. make sure. Just and they're closing sure. in Philly, right? Yeah, the, the the roof will be closed in Philly. We don't we don't so, in that regard. I have another question. You're fine with the decision to go Nola, give Wheeler that extra day. I don't know the dates of everything. The ALCS was a super quick series. Wheeler could throw two. He could throw five or six. If he throws six, I assume right he's now he's slated hyper- to throw two and six. Right, which would knock him out of seven in ninety nine percent of circumstances. Right. Maybe yeah. in a bullpen capacity. But if you throw a full 100 pitches the day before, sure. you're not, right? Sure. So do you think that has to factor in? Because hypothetically, you know, you could get one, five, which five could be a huge swing game, and then you could get innings out of him in seven. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it's up to, obviously, the analytical department if they want Wheeler to go on the road maybe because that sixth mm. game would be back in Houston. Uh, those are the types of things you can look at. Again, like they've both been totally nails. Um, but if you look at maybe, and this is something I don't know off the top of my head, maybe one guy is prone to giving up a few more runs at Citizens Bank Park versus on the road. Maybe a guy yeah. has been known to give up some more. You know, it's not the shortest porch in right field, but it's a little, a little bit in there. Not as Definitely short as, not the shortest no. porch. <laughs> we got Definitely the shortest not. porch in the Bronx. <laughs> Jack had a good question about uh, the formatting. Whoa. Thank you. Oh, well, oh, yeah, something ahead, I wanted to question about the format, right? It's like it felt like with this new format, the first with the wild card, the NLDS, and the NLCS, these guys were playing like almost every single day, right? And I think that lended a lot to the Phillies' benefit um, because they were able to ride momentum, hot bats, and stuff. Talk me off the ledge of the whole rest versus rust thing and that the Phillies bats aren't going to go dead silent in these five days 
in which the MLB is not playing. Yeah, the five day thing is weird. Um, Bullshit. First yeah. off, let's just call a space. It's, space. It's, I mean, yeah. well, the fact that the the series wrapped in five and four right. is not start on Wednesday. To start that. tonight. Yeah, the Astros have I the mean, same I amount think of rest. You saw a lot more rust. Yeah, they won a hundred games. We won. I think 80. you saw a lot. Sorry, I think you saw ahead. a lot more rust. <laughs> I think you saw a lot more rust from the pitching side than you did the hitting side. I mean, Verlander went because these are the teams with the buys. Verlander went 11 days without a start. He came out and Seattle put up a four spot on him pretty early. Um, you saw, I forget, blanking off the top of my head, Max Fried, I believe, had 11 days off, came out, looked like you know dog shit in the first game. Um, I don't think that is as much of a factor for hitters as it is for pitchers. So I think you can, you can rest easy there. And the last time Verlander got long rest, he didn't pitch very well. So that's what I would say. Isn't it beautiful that, um, like Jack, you're in a bit of a pickle here. And Ben, I would say you kind of are as well as a, as a resident Boston fan. Like, sure, Philadelphia is probably one of the least liked cities sports-wise nationally. But nobody wants the Astros to win because of the cheating scandal. I would say you've the, been an Astros fan. If oh, anyone's yeah, in the pickle, I, I, it's I, you. I, yeah, no, I've been an Astros fan during <laughs> the, the. But wouldn't right like they got off with a slap in the wrist, right? I think we can we can both say that. Um, but wouldn't it just be righteous if that in the end the Astros' true punishment was that they just gonna keep losing World Series? Like as as great as the Astros' run has been over these last six seven years, whatever it's been, they've got one ring to show for it. Yeah, you can't – I don't think you can declare anybody a dynasty until they win multiple. Um, I also like the, the Sisyphus-type punishment there. That's a, good, that's a good one. I do think they got a slap on the wrist, but I don't care what they did. We don't need to get into all this because it's a, it's a wormhole we'd open up, but I don't care about stealing signs. It's not that big a deal. It's five years ago. Um, this is a really good team regardless. Well, things that happened five happen years there. ago still matter today. Let's just get that right straight. <laughs> Um, Does that correlate with the Eagles timeline? You said it, not me, brother. <laughs> so, all right, we've got a series on our hand. I think it will be a competitive one, which honestly, AL and NLCS, non-competitive. Phillies beat the Braves pretty badly. The Astros swept, although those games were pretty entertaining. Uh, game five for Yankees Guardians. But we haven't gotten like a full competitive series yet, especially in the seven-game variety. I'm most curious... Because I need an angle going into this thing that helps me sleep at night, knowing that at least we have the edge. And Vegas agrees. But I feel like a little bit of experience on the Astros side. So we've got Schwarber for the Phillies. Is there anyone else? I think on three the team? of our guys have played in the World Series. Um, I okay. don't necessarily think any. I would assume would. Robertson would be one of them, right? Robertson or no. might have pitched in the World Series or been a part of a roster in the World Series. Maybe. Yeah. I don't I'm not sure. Was he on that Chicago? So the team? answer is so the uh, that's what I was thinking. So the answer is it's essentially Schwarber, and then Jordan. He's played in a World Series. He wasn't on the winning team, or he wasn't like a main piece of it. But they've got Bregman, they've got Altuve, Verlander. They've been there. Dusty. Do you think that factors into anything like this? It's interesting. I've always wondered how much the actual experience thing comes into play, and you hear it in every single sport. Yeah. Um, it feels like a man in the arena type thing where you can say, Oh, the Astros have the experience, but like, and then the, the coaches will say that the players will say that they'll say, you know, Oh, it's just different in the playoffs. 
I don't know how true that is or how much that actually factors into anything. I think that the home field advantage is magnified a ton as you get really? further and further into the playoffs. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I but mean, the go as ahead. far as home field advantage goes, I want to, that was my next question right there. Are you like, Jack, stay out of this for one second, just bite your tongue. Am I from a not from a biased standpoint? From an unbiased standpoint, as someone who watches MLB religiously for 162 games a year plus, am I crazy to say that the Phillies playoff home crowd this year has been some of the craziest and most wild crowds that we've seen in playoff baseball in recent memory? Because to me, when you say home field advantage, I think kind of the vibes. And I think we obviously trump Houston in terms of the crowd and the rowdiness. But again, with the format being two three two and not two two one one one, I've kind of liked being the underdog in, in all these series. Now it helps that in each of our series we've gone on and stolen game one, um, so that takes the monkey off off your back, and you can go home, steal one away, and then you have three games at home. But let's say it's zero zero. Like part of me likes to be on the side that has three home games in a row. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. You got it. I said this to you last before the last series. You got to win one in Houston to bring it back to to Philly with a win. As far as the crowds go, Houston does have the roof, which like magnifies the noise and shit. And I think more than any other year, because this is the first year they're using pitchcom instead of actual signs, noise plays a huge part. It's like the it's like the offense telling the crowd to shut up so they can hear what the <laughs> offensive coordinator is calling. I mean, we saw it a couple times. I forget who it was, but like a pitcher had to call the catcher up to like, tell him what pitch are we going to throw? There are little things like that that are going on um, where the crowd noise alone is a huge advantage. Uh, As far as the rowdiness, Philly's been awesome. I can't think of another crowd. I mean, and, and that's partially Philly's fans are nuts. Philly fans are crazy. Everyone who listens to Abe on a weekly basis is also crazy. Twice a week. Um, Twice. Twice a week. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But they also had the best moments. I mean, Reese's bomb, Bryce's bomb, the comebacks. I mean, those made for incredible crowd moments. So I think that the atmosphere in Philly at Citizens Bank Park, which is an awesome ballpark, that's been the best that I've seen this season. Um, Side note, Yankee Stadium. Jack, you were there. Stinks. Well, I know they had rain and whatever, but no, it it stunk because game five, it it was raining in Philly. It it stunk because they didn't get a hit. Like they were not talking about the Yankees. They're they're absolutely irrelevant. The, the, I think Abe, I think you're underselling because you're trying to oversell Philly. Philly's got the top crowd in the world series. No doubt about it. Houston's crowd is actually pretty fucking rowdy They're They have a really strong crowd. So I think to Ben's point of, Home field advantage matters. It's not like the Phillies win the home field advantage battle because both crowds will be enough to make an impact on the game. What I am curious about, Bryce Harper is having literally one of the best postseason runs of all time. Like if if the Phillies win it and he plays like this, it will be one of it'll be like Joe Flacco-esque in baseball. I had to, Abe. I had to. Uh, but what I'm what I'm curious about, I think you saw it a little bit with Judge, whether it was him chasing the home run or just hyper specific to, you know, he got into a slump. You've got five days rest right now. 
And then you get Verlander. He's on the road. Why hasn't anyone pitched around Bryce yet? And do you think that that's a strategy they could employ? Because I, I know that they protect him, and there's there's batters who have come through behind him. And but there's thoughts to move him up in the lineup now and bat him second to protect right. him and, more, and, especially and maybe the they have lefty to. relievers. Maybe they have to. But it just feels like, yes, Hoskins has had big moments. Schwarber has had big moments. But it's not like they're – Bryce, you can't pitch to Bryce right now. He's hitting, he's hitting 500 in the postseason. <laughs> like, what do you think the Astros will do to attack Bryce Harper? So, Pray. first off, addressing the lineup, um, if I was going to do anything, I'd switch him with JTO Real Muto and put him third because Real Muto is an unbelievable hitter. I mean – if there's a if there's a uh, an earthquake somewhere, a tragic earthquake, I think you keep him in the four slot, keep Castellanos five. Um, <laughs> as far as attacking him, That's Astros are going to kill somebody. <laughs> Astros are going to attack. They're going to attack Bryce. It's not. I mean, obviously, if first base is open in a situation, they're going to walk him. But they're not. You know, they're not just going to pitch around him with nobody on base. Um, they'll pick their spots. They'll just. They'll just be smart about it, right? If there's runners on second and third with one out, um, maybe they hate the matchup after Bryce and they want to pitch, you know, they want to go lefty. They want to go at him or something. They'll pitch around him. They'll try to paint the corners. They won't give him something to hit. And if they do, it's a mistake. So I don't think, I think they're going to be smart about that, but I don't think you're going to see him putting them on, you know, every time. And you could say the same thing about, about Jordan Alvarez, and but Alvarez, he wasn't, yeah, he didn't have a good series. Like when I've that's watched, my thing look, is nobody, the Astros didn't play well against the Yankees. They, well, that's the, Yankees the brilliance. Played absolutely soft. The entire well, series. They were the not brilliant of the Astros. The first strike. And what I was going to say about, you know, the Phillies have the comebacks, but the Astros have played from behind three times in the postseason and won all three of those games. So they have that ability. I agree. Like the Astros, somehow this is their best unit that hasn't lost yet in the playoffs. And it feels like their worst unit to me. I don't know what it is. Maybe I just thought they were, they, they have flaws. I didn't know the players. Like Pena's a superstar. I get all that. But it feels like they can be beaten. And I don't so, think Jordan will say. So Altuve is like two for 35 this postseason. <laughs> both of both of them were, were bloops. Um, Bregman hit really well, but they got, you know, Chaz McCormick hit two He's bombs out of the eight hole. Uh, Christian Vasquez, former Red Sox, he had a huge, you know, two RBI double late in the game. I mean, you're getting home runs from guys like Martin Maldonado. Just those are oh, things. If that... I have to hear the TBS or the Fox crew gargle Martin Maldonado, nah, they yeah. like Vasquez even more. Ugh. But those guys, Aledmus Diaz, Trey Mancini, Christian Vasquez, Chaz McCormick. Those guys were playing like all world, and that's something you can't allow to happen. When when you're holding Altuve to two for whatever, you can't get beat seven eight. Embarrassed, nine. not beat. Can't. Embarrassed. Well, you that that is the nine. story of the playoffs so far: is the bottom half of the order for Philly and the bottom half for the Astros. You know, outside of the first two games for Houston, it's been the bottom half of that order. That's really it's not even like necessarily true. If you look at games four and five against San Diego, the, the Phillies front half of the lineup, their power guys were absolutely raking. No, 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 no. I, I'm not saying that those guys are slumping by any means. I'm saying 
that's what has separated the team so far is like when Nola came up for the Padres or Grisham came up, they were short outs. When Trevino or Higgy, anyone below, honestly, anyone besides Bader, like they were, there were guaranteed outs. What Philly and Houston has done so incredibly this postseason, there's no free outs. And I think that that's the funny thing is you talk about playoff baseball, manufacturing runs, all that stuff. But really what's going to decide it, I would imagine, is home runs. And that's what's carried both teams through the postseason. So the reason I speak so highly of, of Framber Valdez is he's got a 67 ground ball percentage. He does not allow fly balls. Um, and so it's, it's pretty much going to be it's, <laughs> it's going to be up to the Phillies to adapt. And then to follow him, Christian Javier gives up like more fly balls than anybody. So you've kind of got a polar opposite two, three punch there, where if they overcommit to hitting line drives, hitting the ball through the holes on the ground, manufacturing runs in game two, they'll have to completely switch back in game three. And I think that's a really challenging combo for, uh, for hitters. Obviously the Phillies have played, you know, otherworldly and they've done that against the Padres. They showed the ability to not rely on the home run, even though the big moments, you know, happen to be home runs, but it, it's going to be about adaptability for that lineup. I, I think Houston, I don't think that's as much a problem because Nola and Wheeler are relatively similar pitchers. They're both right-handers. You know, they both got a lot of run. They both throw some velocity. Um, so yeah, that that's that's an interesting thing to watch. Who is for. the best exit velo in the series? You think? <laughs> you, who will have the best exit velo? I'm just fucking around. All right, one you, more question. Yeah, I, I had a few a few closing questions. This is the first one. I have not seen any Taco Bell commercials. I don't believe yet. Um, if they chalked the Steel a Base Steel a Taco um, promotion, no then shot. We, they talk, then we can yeah, just but... uh, win or lose. Phillies or Astros, we can just call this the Mickey Mouse World Series. Um, but who would your value pick be to Steel a Base and Steel a Taco in this season? In this series, uh, value pick. I think you go with with Real Muto. I was going to say um, that. He's fast he's, like that. He's fast. Yeah, he had an inside well, the park exactly. home run this offseason. I know, this but that, so I'm no error. It was like a true inside the park. He's fast like that, and catchers just don't really steal. Um, also, I wouldn't want to be a runner when he's behind the plate, so I'd definitely go with a Philly there. Uh, so it would be either either him or Gene, uh, Gene Segura. Okay. And all right. So I think we both know you work in sports gambling, specifically baseball sports gambling. Um, I think we all know, and we don't need to talk about it, that the numbers lean Houston, but the vibes lean Philly, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So with you being an MLB quant, I know you're technically inclined to pick the Astros, but as a fan, then who wins this series and in how many games? I am going Phillies in seven. Wow. I think it's going to come I, down my heart to the wire. That. I think people... <laughs> I'd rather note, lose in six than win in seven. How about that? I can't handle that. Gabe, I respect you for picking five because I feel like everyone takes their own team in six usually because they're like, ah, you know, we're not going to blow them out, but I don't want to go to seven, so I'll settle I mean, on what six. reason so do I have to believe to we've blown out everybody we've played so far in the playoffs? They're also <laughs> they're undefeated, to be fair. Sure, but in one less it's gonna round. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And so you're leading the Phillies in seven. Who is your MVP? Um, I think it's always someone random. I think it'd be too cliche to go Bryce. Well, I would love to see that. I was going to say go... it can't be Bryce. It can't be Chalk. Why? Why? Let's go. Let's because go that's not someone. Fun. 
We're here Let's for content. Let's go with someone like Bryson Stott. Wow. You get a guy. Some are, some are saying that. What are you laughing at? People are calling that would be crazy. That would you be get crazy. you get two timely doubles in the gap, far five RBIs to win a couple games. You got the MVP right there. Um. Well. I mean, I don't know if anything necessarily tragic has happened in the news. However, if there is some type of natural disaster <laughs> in the next yeah. few days, um, and I think Nick Castellanos is honestly the X factor in this series. He's got to be able to to hold down that that back half of the lineup. He's been kind of streaky in these playoffs, but God damn it, am I jacked up for this series? Abe, what's your prediction? It's in my name. I don't know if can they see it or no. Remove well, the banner. Eagleson has you blocked. Oh, uh, Phillies in five. Phillies in five, right. just like it's been. Uh, Ben, if you, what's your game one prediction? How about that? So I think I laid it out in the beginning. I like the Phillies in game one, and I like the Astros in game two. With, Just like with it's Valdez been the entire the, time. With Valdez on the hill, yep. I'm excited, man. I'm excited am, to watch you. I'm excited to watch you react and, I, and I, Jack I, sort of watch you react. I, I think I'm going to have a little bit more luck this round. I mean, the Phillies have tormented everyone. Yeah, Jack has played. sent me numerous texts throughout the – Jack has sent me texts before the playoffs and even in the first round against the Cardinals – two innings before we put up six in the ninth inning in that game one, that the Phillies would not be able to manufacture runs in the playoffs. I and really I, didn't think so. Like Hoskins yeah, really wasn't hitting. Schwarber wasn't hitting. I had never heard of fucking Bryson Stott or fucking Brandon Marsh. They all suck. And now casual. all of a sudden they're the best hitters in the league. McCormick is my guy though. He will come through Coming and win the World Yankee Series fan. MVP. McCormick is my guy. Ben, thank you for coming. Final pick. Patriots minus two and a half or Jets plus two and a half? I cannot, I cannot in good faith take the Jets. I'll go Pats minus two and a half. Well, thank you. Ben Porter 13, I believe. Ben Porter 13 13, on Twitter. Ben 13 Porter. Ben 13 Porter. This is our resident baseball expert. Hey, if baseball makes it past this series, because the only way it's going to die is. We've got no, no, more no, no. years with the, the revenue Is it from Phillies the Phillies fans burn Citizens Bank to the ground and they have to cancel baseball for the future? So let's hope baseball lives on with the Nationals World Series victory. Jack, while I, while I have you on the baseball yes. topic, you are a big robot ump guy. Oh, yes. Miserable. Yes. yes. Can we get into this miserable. for two minutes? Can we get into yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. You got time? You got time? Uh, I got time. Well, first, first, all right. Before we get into a mean spirited and we depart from each other, can you say just a nice thing about my Orioles? Like, we're fun and exciting and cool, right? Very fun. Very fun Thank team. You. Thank you. Young team, a lot of potential, great ballpark. Uh, I like the Orioles, even though they're even though they're in the division of my beloved Red I was Stars. honestly yes. surprised you said you like Citizens Bank Park. I, I honestly don't like Citizens Bank. I think it's like a carnival. I like the old ballpark feel, and I feel like that's just a carnival for kids. <laughs> All right, robot umps. Here's the deal with the robot umpires. I watch too many important games and series of pitches and innings back-to-back and calls from umpires that are so bad that if we could just tighten it up. I Look, I'm not going to lie. I actually do enjoy the vagueness of the strike zone. Like I do think that comes to it. And then you have to protect the plate, right? And you have to use those swings. And you have to know what the umpire is calling if he's playing the strike zone high or low that game. But we're getting pitches six inches off the plate, not coming through the zone, that literally, like, you overlay them. My guy Pitching Ninja will overlay them for you. And 
back-to-back innings, they're a different call. And that makes it impossible for like, it makes it hard to watch when games are being swung on those calls. So I say, let's go robot umps. I like the little, you call cap or no cap. If it was a strike or not, they review it like tennis does it is okay. Answer this question first. Do you think it has to be like kind of up for debate what a strike and a strike is and isn't? Like in Um, tennis, if it hits the line, it's clearly in or out, right? That makes it easy. Because historically for the past 200 years, baseball has gone off this strategy. But if they said we can call a ball and a strike perfectly, like would you prefer that? No. Uh, I would not prefer that. Um, I think there needs to be more accountability for umpires. If you look in Korea at the KBO, if an umpire is – bad gets repeatedly you know wrong calls he gets demoted to the minor leagues um i'm all for that all for that i I like the i like the review you know you can give two or one or two reviews a game that's fine the the problem is the box on the screen it makes everyone think the calls are way worse than they are i mean if something's a, a quarter centimeter off the plate but it shows it missing that box on this on the screen which is off center anyway because the camera angle isn't directly behind the pitcher but you People agree it's out. off but you agree it's still a ball it, but if the guy's calling it an inch off the plate that's a strike in my opinion if he's if the, now the consistency is one thing if, right. if it if it fluctuates at the top and bottom of the zone which are more of a gray area than the inside and outside typically um then there's an issue but I think the way pitching would change from a robot umpire is way different than just, you know, changing the viewing experience and maybe holding umpires more accountable. I think there will be a lot of gray areas as for what is and is not a strike. If I throw an EFIS pitch and it clips the back end of the 3D zone, you know, that's unhittable because it crosses you at neck level and then the, the catcher can catch it at you know, in his squat at his chest. And is that a strike? Is it a strike if a curveball just clips the front of the zone and drops out and hits the ground afterwards? It's it's just but but I think that's it's it's a little um it's a little basic line of thinking because we have the technology to like it's not like we just take the box and and we set a state like they can create like you said they could 3d it they actually can build it so that there's some consistency to where that stuff is answered. so you should want to make robot umps in every single sport jack because there is a human error to everything involving sports and if you and think, I, yes and no i i think eliminating just so bad in 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 the mlb at the plate there's not egregious calls in the nfl there's not egregious there calls is yeah that are all that are all subjective and calls. they add the review process and i think that there is the game should not be changed based off of human error like i don't yeah. think saying that that's just a part of the game is a positive thing like it like the saints like nothing to me is i'm gonna it sound like the crybaby it helps with content but like that that saints team deserved to go to the fucking super bowl and they literally got stolen and then it goes but it goes levels beyond that not that then it's every player on that team's legacy then it's the city loses revenue oh, like there's crying there's no uh, it, oh it, my god sports, a player's brands oh. no sports are so impactful right like they don't just impact me right it's they don't just impact the thing it's not even a mental but it could ruin people's fucking mental <laughs> I, health it I like the I like the review thing. If it's the bottom of the eighth and you've got two runners on, and there's a bad low strike call for strike three, go to review. You know you don't do that in the in the first inning with with nobody on. I think there's a way to moderate it and still keep the you know the variation of the 
the each individual umpire strike zone now and then if a guy's calling it all over the place the inconsistency percentage is above a certain threshold you send them down you say this is part of life now you guys are going to get sent down if you suck what about putting um, the ump behind the pitcher <laughs> like uh like like, like t-ball like yeah like coach pitch I feel like there's you got a way better view there yeah, the view of the cat uh, behind the catcher is stupid as hell. I actually like that idea. Um, well, this is how we watch it on the screen, and this is why we're all you know couch umpires. There's no, there's no box. The balls are so far. Uh, like there were there's multiple no pitches. There's, there's no box if you're watching from behind the uh, behind the pitcher. You're going to see a lot more back balls. The box, if you did the, bro- that. the box is freaking propaganda. Yes, propaganda. So you think if the box didn't exist, there would be less a lot complaints? Less bitching and like people like hundred percent. I would almost argue the opposite. I actually think that if we didn't even have a frame of reference, each of us would have our own strike zones, and that's we would all. That's a good point. <laughs> we would all be like that. Someone would take something that's, that's like, let's say it's firmly in the bottom left of the corner, but it's like not even touching the line. Right, the and you're like, that's there. That's probably bringing more arguments to the table. That's a good point. But that's. That's how that's how the players and the umps and the coaches see the game. And now all yeah. of a sudden we have access to this view that kind of transforms what they're getting right and wrong. So I think we should watch it how they watch it on the field, have a little bit more empathy for the well, umps. So how does a robot know suck. the difference between Altuve strike zone and judge's strike zone? Like the yeah, robots are fucking smart. It. Are you <laughs> telling me that that John John Doe Knows it better than a, a computer that's been programmed for million John times. John Doe knows it better than a Tesla car that crashes on itself. Yeah. So I'll say I, there's a guy I know whose job on broadcast is to set the box overlay. So it's just a guy deciding, oh, we'll put it, we'll put it down further for Altuve, and then all of a sudden, that is what the entire viewership thinks is well let me give you a funnier version of the umpires uh like kind of going robot what if the ump still got to choose what their strike zone was for that game and that was part of it but that crayon yeah like if you're like all right it's sunny i'm kind of feeling a bigger zone today or like these i don't know if if certain guys have tendencies where they visualize the strike zone and then the robots can determine, and when they challenge, they can say, okay, this was in my zone. But if it's not, if they miscall their own zone and the challenge is right, instead of the player getting thrown out for arguing balls and strikes, the ump gets thrown out and has to move to like Canada or something. Like just banish them. <laughs> while I That's while funny. I um am team very much anti-robot umps, I just want to say that I do res- as my team is in the World Series, I do reserve the right to flip to the switch on that to change my mind if we get well so this this, this is the thing about this series it all really started there were a couple of bad calls around the league but the the astros catchers are incredible framers like i mean we have the best catcher a, in baseball you have the best catcher in baseball he's also a good framer but that so i think it'll be okay but if you didn't like you'll once the imbalance is felt, because I, I don't think I reserve yeah. the right to yeah. bitch and complain and to pound the pound the table on how we need. Okay, final question, then we'll let you go. Over under one and a half bitches by Abe about the umps in this series. Oh, uh, like on the record or just in general? Like uh, that? Go to Twitter, essentially. Oh, um, I would take the over. Absolutely. I don't Absolutely. Think I'm really going to bitch much when we're going to blow them out. Like, 
What's there to complain about? <laughs> One and a, you know, that first run gets scored in the fourth inning. Abe starts freaking out. I mean, we all know Profar yeah, swang too, right, Ben? Oh, no question. <laughs> no question about Should it. Is it, is it more so? Is it more the bat or the wrist breaking? I have always thought that it's what are the a robots going to do about that, Jack? I've always thought it's the bat crossing the plane. People say it's the umpire's discretion and that the, the wrists rolling. You can't roll your wrist without his wrist didn't break. His wrist oh, didn't that break. That was like the weirdest body contortion. Yeah, he actually seen. didn't break his wrist, but the ball did. I, the the bat did cross. The breaking of the wrists doesn't even happen until the arms are fully extended anyway, and the bat's you know by the point of no return. If you look at like a slow motion swing, so I've always gone on the uh, based on the bat crossing the line. But you could set a rule, and and you could set. The ambiguity is a little bizarre, but look, it's the same thing in football with pass interference. Fouls, obviously, right. in basketball are completely ambiguous. So, whatever. It's part of your silly sport. And we watch it. Should be it. Reviewable. I think it should be yeah. reviewable, but just yeah. like balls but, and strikes. But once again, it's like, how do you review something that's based on the it interpretation of something, right? All right, Ben. Ben 13 ben. Porter. He's a big no anti. He's big anti umps uh, being robotic. I'm pro. He's taking the over on eight bitching, and he's taking the Phillies in seven. We appreciate you. Thank you for your time, Ben. Thank you, gentlemen. I'm glad to get you talking some baseball. So. Go Phillies. <laughs> I'd rather talk 41 minutes of baseball than I would one minute of hockey with Evil sitting twice a week. What about Thursday night football on Amazon Prime? We've got your Baltimore Ravens against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Abe, this is a big matchup. Why? Because it is possibly the last chance for the baby goat to play the goat. Why is that? Not because Brady's retiring. We know he's going to be 90 years old and very divorced by then. Because I think that this is the last season that the baby goat nickname lives on for a multitude of reasons. Once you sign that second contract, you can't be the baby anymore. Once you win the Super Bowl, you're not the baby goat. You're just straight up the goat. Uh, with one ring. So and once you leave the Ravens and go to the Dolphins or Giants, you definitely can't have the fuck goat. you. You can't it's have the goat you. name associated with you. So Lamar Jackson has never lost to Tom Brady. Um, he Not has goals. he has now one time in his career lost to the NFC, but twelve and one career. The Ravens opened as one point favorites, jumped to two throughout the week. Then the injury report came out, and seven Ravens starters are questionable. Clayus Campbell will be out, but Marlon Humphrey on the report. Marcus Peters, so the two top corners. The Bucks did lose Winfield in the game. You claim that Mark Andrews will be out. That would obviously be a massive, major, ridiculous loss. Already Bateman is questionable to play. Short week on the road. That's just the vibe. That's what these guys are doing. I think Amazon might have bought the rights to Thursday Night Football. It might be Friday Night Football in the future. I don't really know why it is Thursday Night Football, to be completely honest. I don't get it. I just think it's very clear after watching the the quality of play and the injuries that have happened on oh, Thursday you're saying, night okay, I got you. that like they they need to move that. Well, maybe game don't put down. mid teams. Maybe, but like even Chargers Chiefs, it was a good game, but it was like Mahomes was trying to throw picks and Herbert threw a pick six. So um, Ravens now underdogs in this one post injury report. That makes sense. Tom Brady is a home dog uh, on a short week. Didn't really make a ton of sense. Are the Ravens good? Are the Ravens no. bad? Are the Bucks good? No. Are the Bucks no. what's what's no. going to happen? The Bucks might actually be a bad football team. The Bucks right. like all fifty of their starting cornerbacks are out. And yes. Jack, and I, I promise you, this isn't a troll. 
but I think the Ravens figured out how to win last week against the Browns. Now that changes a lot with injuries and stuff. No, 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 no. Let me finish. Let me finish. The Ravens, obviously, whatever fucking stat it is, have trailed by 12 seconds the entire season. Um, whatever the hell it is, it happened to be four and three. Because they can't hold a lead, right? And for once, last week, they were able to hold a fourth quarter lead, albeit if you're bitching about the, the false star or the Amari Cooper touchdown that got called back, whatever. But Lamar Jackson had 16 passing attempts last week. I'm not saying you take... Listen, I'm not saying... He does that again. I'm not saying you take the ball out of his hand. What I am saying is that you don't need for him to throw the ball as much when you have a lead. And I think that's what they did. And I didn't watch a second of the Browns Ravens. So could be pulling out of my ass on box score watching right now. But I think that is the recipe for success for the Ravens is do what you do well, get a lead, and then just play smart football, which I don't think they've necessarily been doing right They've got the, the the Dolphins game is an anomaly, of course, but the, the Giants game, unacceptable. All these other blown leads, unacceptable. And like, sure, the Bucks aren't what we expected them to be. The, the, the like it's with the Mike Evans drop last week. The defense isn't that good. Tom doesn't look great. Um, and the Ravens defense isn't what it always is, right? It just like hasn't been playing. Like, like when you think Ravens, you think defense. And that's not the case this year whatsoever. Um, it still feels like they're scoring a lot of points. It's just they're giving up leads. They're not playing to their strengths, and and their defense is trash. Obviously, they've been injured, but, it, I mean, everybody's injured in the NFL, so they, you can't really use that as, as an excuse. Um, I don't think the Bucks are good. I think they're, they're – I think – okay. No, I think they're good, but I also think they're bad. I think the mm-hmm. Ravens are good, but I also think they're bad. Neither team are definitively bad or definitively good. I just think the, I mean, I, I always have trouble picking a road dog on Thursday night football on a short week, especially with their number one weapon that's out. But like, I actually think the Ravens have figured out how to win and, and the Bucks are genuinely in shambles. Like this comes down to who's in less shambles. And I think the Ravens are in way less shambles than the Bucks are. I, I'm not doing it. I'm just proposing a hypothetical that maybe at 45 years old, we're seeing a tiny bit I of a decline. I, I said it. I said it a few I, weeks ago. I, I, look, I'm not saying it because he'll come out and throw 404 touchdowns. Say it. I can say right. it. You can say it. But now that we are seeing it, maybe it would make sense that he's not some type of demigod. He's a god, but not a demigod. With that being said, they're super injured. Raven's super injured. I hear you on optimizing the winning strategy for the Ravens. It's always been run the ball. There's a little bit of stubbornness. Lamar wants this big contract, has to go and prove it. Greg Roman, a little bit of stubbornness, doesn't want to run Lamar, wants to show he can create a passing offense to extend his time in the league as a coordinator, potentially a head coach. These two are out to show. They're also doing it with a weaker offensive line due to injuries, without their offensive weapons, which they already had none of to begin with. Week 18 is what I care about. Figure out how to get a win because it's big. Yeah, the Bengals are playing like you are, Jack. There is no week eighteen that's relevant. So you, no, you better they're, start they're, caring about week eight. No, we're we're winning games and we'll win enough games. We have, the schedule is fair enough. We've already won more games in the division this year than we did last year. Like the Ravens will get to ten wins. I would really like to be at a spot where they are playing a home game as the division champions. We're not going for the one seed. 
probably not even for the two, but sitting that three spot. Um, the trade deadline comes up uh, on Tuesday. Could they add a wide receiver weapon to foster a better they squad? Did. Yeah, they did they add Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. Jackson. Um, I think that the Ravens can can get out of there with the win. I w- I'll say this. Lamar Jackson, when it's just him, that's actually when we get the most special performances from him, when he has to do everything. Gus Edwards looked good last week, but when he has to go and do everything, it reminds me of the Colts game last year where it was just like, Lamar, figure it the fuck out. That's when he's best. When he's counted out, that's when he's best. I think we're going to get a, a Lamar Jackson performance on national television. Fucking better, man, because these last four weeks in fantasy, he's just been brutal, actually, actually dragging brutal. me down. And, and I yeah. put a lot of stock into him. I also want to just totally revert. I just had like a come to Jesus moment when you were speaking. Like, I was like, I think the Ravens play to their strengths. And what, what am I saying, bro? I'm not fucking picking against Tom Brady against one of my <laughs> least favorite teams, least like teams in the NFL. The Bucks are going to win this game. Okay. Let's do a people's pick them. I would take Lamar over fantasy points. It is not listed. So cowards. Uh, yeah, that's that's tough. All right. Can so I we'll take my out. first? Can I take my first yeah, thing? Uh, under 29 and a half passing attempts for Lamar. Well, like I'm going to I get to take the Lamar prop. So but no, no, I hear you. Why is that? Why is that? Because I because he's my he's my guy. He's first like if Anthony Simmons was there, I would Simons. let you pick him. Uh, Simons. Pick Tom. Pick navigate Tom. He has thrown no picks in his last three games, even for how poorly he's played. Could be intriguing. I'm gonna but go I, lower on Tom passing attempts. I think the only time you see Tom passing the ball that much is when his team is in shambles, which they've been these last the three last weeks. three weeks. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna take Tom under passing attempts. Okay. All right. Maybe so you think it's a I look, it's not a bad call. This game could easily be 14 to 13. Both teams just run the ball, three and outs, kick it back. Or and both fl- teams just suck, like we're seeing. Yeah. Well, sucking doesn't necessarily correlate to unders. But um, all right. So we've got Chris Goblin, seven receptions seems crazy, but his target share has been absolutely through the roof. So they're not, they're not even, they don't even have anything listed because Andrew. I've got another. Man. I've got Rashad White over, uh, over receiving yards. Okay. So you like Rashad White receiving yards. Um, we'll just play with what they gave us. Ten rushing attempts feels like a like lot too. He, he's not. He's not running a lot. He's really not. Um, but I will go with. I'll go with. Is he going to throw a pick? You want to take him to throw a pick so bad, but you can't. No, no, to do it. No, I don't. I think like he's got to play a clean game, and they'll play it conservative. I'll go under on interceptions, and I'll go under Mike Evans receiving yards, actually. I'm going to correlate this with – like, Godwin is getting the bulk of the targets. Julio Jones will probably be out, but you got Rashad White over. I do love over. to fade people I've never heard of before, and Kate Otten, who the fuck He had you? a huge week last week. Five targets, four catches, 64 yards. He Brady loves his tight ends, and Brady is out, and obviously Gronk's retired. So, all right, this is what they're giving us. This is what we're firing. Tom Brady under passing attempts, Rashad White over receiving yards, Mike Evans under receiving yards, and Lamar under interceptions. I hate everything 33. About that. Yeah. Everything about that. Me too, which means like we, it could be our time. Um, all right. So the uh, rest of the slate, 
Uh, you guys picked up Robert Quinn today. I like that addition. Fourth round richer. pick. Yep. Fourth rich round. Get richer. Okay. Uh, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi. Did you have any take on that situation? You know, I watch your like snapback Mondays. I, I don't understand the hate for Mac Jones in New England. <laughs> Crazy. It, it, like it's like they want to be Philly fans or something, and just call it wreak havoc for no reason, and call for a guy's head, and call into the the radio all all angrily. Like, yeah, Bailey Zappi won. Like, he didn't win the Green Bay game, but he barely threw the ball. He then went on to win, I think, two games in a row or something, or one game. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Mac, first off, we want to talk about conspiracies. We can talk about Skycam Gate because Mac might have been done dirty. But Mac is back in. I mean, the guy took the Patriots to the playoffs last year, was in the Pro Bowl, albeit it was, he wasn't the reason they made the playoffs but and he, he wasn't really in the pro bowl but I mean, he, I think he, but he was rookie the only, season he right he was the only rookie in the playoffs last year other than jalen hurts's rookie year but uh, i don't know i, I think, i'll give you i'll give you i'll give I you what like, the patriots, patriots vibe was are so addicted to the fact that tom replaced drew bledsoe That's, and was a late round draft pick the that they think that. it could just happen again that, I swear to God, it is Which as simple. I, I don't. As that. I don't blame them for that. Yeah. I would be the same way, probably. If I was like, if Hertz team. goes down, like, yes, that will be Garner the Garner But you're not the Super Bowl. Yeah, sure. you're not rooting for it. But no. that is. And look, I didn't Just realize it itself. because who the fuck is watching the Patriots? They're miserable to watch. But apparently, Mac has not been very good this year, and is the playbook is not open for him. So I, I understand I mean, why you, got you want two the, of new the biggest exam. duds in in football running their offense, and Patricia right. and Joe Judge. Yeah. So speaking of sexy backups, though, Sammy Heisman has arrived. Suck it, Nick Foles. Yeah. Why Sammy Heisman and not Nikki Lombardi? That's a fair question because Sammy Heisman, he's ready to go. And he's the young, exciting guy. Foles has been dust since he lifted Lombardi. I think that was the last positive thing he's done in the National Football League. Well, but he's only ever done anything positive in an Eagles uniform. Like he's been so bad everywhere else that, that he has gone. Um, but it's really time to start talking about how the fuck Frank Reich still has a job. First <laughs> off, it's disrespectful that Nick Foles is the reason you're a head coach. Um, and... And now he's just going through quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. And, and, and the Colts GM, I mean, Rivers and then Wentz and then Matt Ryan. I mean, they're dealing with all these mid-ass quarterbacks. Not even mid. I want all you fuckers listening who, who, when I pulled up my list and put Matt Ryan 28th, the disrespect, and I understand it now because he should have been 32nd because that guy was toast. I told you, I bet the Falcons every week he was toast. And you know what? Shout out Frank. What happens? Matt Ryan leaves the Falcons and they're the biggest winners in Vegas right now. ever. But Abe, I give credit to Frank Reich. That is, I mean, they traded for Ryan and to not only say, Oh, he's hurt. Like, like the Broncos are doing with Russell Wilson. Like they said, no, he's benched. Like he stinks. He he said he's hurt and stinks. Yes. Which is tough. So Sammy Heisman, Sammy Ellinger, I'm excited for your moment against Taylor Heineke, a good opportunity to get your first win. You got to carry us, my guy. Texas football down tremendously. We haven't put our pro guy in the league in the first round in 14 years. We get it. This is for the horns. Otherwise, fuck them. The one exciting game, maybe, maybe not, of the week, Packers-Bills, Sunday Night Football. Why, how, why, how is that the one exciting game of the week when there's only one game with two teams that are over 500 in the Giants and the Seahawks? <laughs> That's a fair point. 
I I don't know. Maybe I got caught by Aaron Rodgers who said, you know, this is good for us. We're going to shock some people. No, I think they stink. I think they stink. I really but do they, believe that. Okay, the difference is, though, they've been stinking because it's, of Aaron Rodgers, which that's the thing. Like, Brady hasn't been great. It's a but, toxic environment in Green Bay right now. Like he's It always has for, been. He's calling for reps to be pulled. Yeah, but the difference is, Jack – he can it can be toxic there when they have Devontae Adams and, and other talent. Like, they got Jones, Dylan, they and they're got not Lazar. using him. And they're not using them. That's my point is they're I think using that, their shitty talent. Why I like Green Bay over a team like Tampa is because the flaw has been simply Aaron Rodgers, right? Every and then everything is trickled down to they're not using the running backs because they're trailing. They're not but like it's Aaron Rodgers. I, I'm not talking about January. I'm talking about we're in October. Like, this is when this man fucking thrives. The Bills have smoked everyone when they were supposed to. Every game they win is by double digits. So maybe this is a situation where, you know, the Bills just blow them out. I will be on the Packers money line in my, like, this is their moment. And this is the NFL. And a reminder that the Bills are the best team in the league, but no one is unbeatable except for the E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles. I'm rooting for them to be undefeated against Washington because the NFL said they're going to do some shit if they are. They said they'd make that a big week. So Wait, wait, wait. What? We were talking to the NFL. They said the next big thing that they will push will be if the Eagles are undefeated. They're for pushing Monday the undefeated Eagles against Taylor Heineke and the boys? Like there has the Chiefs Bills was a huge matchup, so they pushed that and everything in between besides Geno versus DJ, the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, is you know kind of mid. And so they were like, you know what, if the Eagles are undefeated on Monday night, that will be a big event. Uh, maybe more specifically for Monday night football, but a big event nonetheless. You really um, have like, and I understand this is no, there are no real like the NFL sucks and there's not yeah. good games. Um, are you going to Mexico City? Yeah, yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. So and got- even better than that, Mexico plays in the World Cup the next day at eleven. So we're gonna stay and watch at a bar. So that will probably be the highlight. Um. So you've got Raven Saints or uh, Bengals Browns this week, which is probably I, that'll the be best fun. game on the slate. That'll be fun. Yeah. The best game. I mean, maybe Rams and Packers later on in the season if 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 uh, both those teams can turn it around or you just don't go because who the fuck wants to go to Lambeau the week before Christmas. But like Cardinals, Pats, Bucks, Saints, Steelers, Colts. I mean, ugh. It's Niners, Cardinals. It'll be cool to go to Mexico City. Like, And then I guess the last week, even if it, it probably won't matter, but you have Bills, Bengals. That's the best week, game. Yeah, It probably won't even matter game. at that point. Well, it, it'll matter for someone. Yeah. Ooh, you being going into into – Cincinnati with the division on the line and with the Bills Mafia on your side. That would be that, fun. That's a duo. I'll Jack. jump through the table. And the underdog $2 million tournament ends that night. So at least, and obviously everyone who's going to be in the playoffs will most likely have some form of Allen and Diggs and Davis and Chase and Burrow and Mixon and all those fucking weapons. Give Lamar Jackson a weapon, please. Uh, we don't have time for basketball. I'm give him Michael Hardman. That's a great point. Three fucking tutties. Three tutties. Uh, Eagleson, hop in here. He wrote sucked on the Dolphins. I actually don't know. Is that Nick Foles? Who are you talking about? Robert Quinn. Got it. Okay. Really bad on the Dolphins. Last year. Yeah. Uh, I know. And then he was great. On Weren't the you like course. six when he was on the Dolphins? It actually wasn't that long ago. I, it was I like 2015. 
It, it, it was must have been sooner than that. Had you were probably been. in middle school. I high school. I definitely I remember it either way, and he was bad. Okay, well, now he's not. Now he's not. Yeah, of course. That's usually how it goes. Um, uh, congrats, congrats on the big win against the Steelers. You. Uh, yep. you know, second half was. Tua's undefeated this year. He's won like eleven of twelve, and he's just—he's yeah, he's, no, a he's a winner. He's the guy. I mean, that—that—that's that, why I'd like to talk about him and Herbum. He is—he's better. He just is. The Chargers and the Dolphins have the same record, correct? I don't okay. know. Two, yeah. two yes. mid squads. I don't care about. Tua's seventeen and nine. Herbert's nineteen and twenty in his career. Herbert might be more athletically gifted, whatever you want to say, but Tua has it. He's better. He wins games. What kind of games? Football games, NFL games on Sunday sometimes, maybe on Thursday. Not on, on Thursday. Monday. He actually, he doesn't not, fare long. In, in which month? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we get the point, but neither have won a playoff game. So you say he's better and Tua wins games. Are what there we're not going to do is do 15 minutes of Tua Herbert again. <laughs> uh, is there any, because I have been told that, that look, I am a believer that the quarterback impacts the winning the most. So there is yes. credit that could be credited there. As there, is there a game in your opinion that Tua Tagovailoa has gone and won the actual game for the team? Like, is the Ravens the one game that comes to mind? And I look, he, he threw for 900 yards and six touchdowns. I genuinely believe Abe could have made like 80% of those yards. Like, it, it was just hills. No, that's not but, a good take. He was, but like, he, he was thrown at these guys. Oh, it's not a good okay. take that I would have diced up the Ravens defense. <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> no, but yes. like, they were that, they were that wide open. But regardless of that, the, the game against the Bills last year or whenever, like, in his moments, he has either been non-existent because he's injury prone or he actually has faltered. Like he's won a lot of games yeah. against crappy teams. And look, that you gotta play who's in front of you, but he can't yep. stay on the field and he like doesn't really go and win many games, in my opinion. I like I, I disagree. He puts points on the board. Like obviously, yes, like I, I get what you're saying, and I do and I do see that the defense helps him out a lot. Yeah. But like he, he still finds a way to win these games. And even if like the scores are, but that's the thing. Just... That's the thing. Like him finding a way means he sucks for three and a half quarters, but he has that game winning drive or he sucks for two quarters, but like he has this spurt in the third and scores three touchdowns. Right. Like I, I don't really, I can't think of a single football game where like well, we two might find out he, this Sunday. Can Tua go out and win as a three point favorite? The bills, the, one the five bills, Detroit lions, the bills, it, it, through 34 plays and they didn't touch the ball in the second half. It was the defense. Like it was he really did, Allen. They scored, no, the they scored the in the second half. They scored in the second half, didn't they? The, okay, that's my Regardless, point. Whatever. He did not win that game. It wasn't like he he converted a first down even to keep Allen off the field. Like Allen threw the ball on the ground or they lost the game. I yeah. I just can't. Does he have a game winning drive in his career? I guess the one um, against the Raven. Like. No, well, I mean, this I like. I can't think of one this year. Hey, going back last year, they the beat the Cardinals. He had a winning. great game-winning drive. Um, Cardinals last year, he had a great game-winning drive against them. I'm sure there's some that I'm missing right off the top of my head, but it does happen. And was the Cardinals one like the the flukiest uh, pass in NFL history happened in? Was that that game? 
I don't think so. Like it was high, it was a high scoring game, but I can't remember. Or, no, I thought completely. Fitzpatrick was the quarterback. You're, you're thinking of the Raiders game where yeah, he had the guy yeah. pulling on his helmet and he threw it to yeah. Mac Hollins. Right. Yeah. And oh, then see, yeah, and then they Tua blew it to the Titans the next week and we didn't make the playoffs. That's what I mean. The two games that have mattered in his career, he He's literally lost. has you're played right. awful. You are right. Okay. So, so I'm glad. Like, I, I guess what, like, since we've seen him evolve this year, like earlier on in the year, if he can, hopefully, like, we're not there yet, so there's nothing to say. But if he can take that step with McDaniel even further, then. <laughs> we're not laughing at you. There are some sex traffickers in the chat, but I got to go I see a that. team above 500. Eagleson, it's nice to have you back in that plus 500 club. Ravens, mm, nice Thursday of football. I'm going with the Ravens win. Uh, Snapback fam, have a great weekend. Go I'll Phil, see y'all in State I'm College. Snapback fam, much love. Peace.